Welcome to our podcast. It's called Walleye Talk. We got real lucky with how we named it. Yeah. You know, I we were talking about names right away, and I was like, yeah, what about like the guide life or the guide perspective? And you're like, no, it's terrible. That's a terrible name. I didn't say it was terrible. It's a terrible name. And then I was like, well, what, what about Walleye Talk? Boom. Just it. sparks flew. Yep. And then we had to put our clothes back on. <laughs> What is that? There's a moment of clarity that comes. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) We talk fishing and we focus on walleyes primarily, but um, we've actually, oh, we missed this listener question, but it's getting to multi-species season for both of us. And somebody asked us to run through our panfish program once again. I think we'll, like, we're going to continue to run into this and it's sort of hard to serve our whole audience well because there'll be some guys who will be like please don't talk about your panfish program again i've heard this every season Mm -hmm. for the last four seasons but then hopefully we're getting new listeners and um it's sort of doing them a disservice because we're going to talk about how like the crappies are a big part of our life for the next two months and might be interested in hearing how we catch them for sure We'll do and that. it keeps adapting, too, from year to year to year. Yeah, it changes a little bit. I'm pretty pumped about your adaptation. Mm-hmm. That, like, little detail that will make both of our lives so much better. So much better. If it, if it is, like, If it continues to hold true. Yep. Uh, may, we're gonna, we'll probably save that for next week, though, because okay. we've got a full episode already. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. we got lots of listener questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and- we're going to do a week in review. We'll do... Three listener questions. One of them is actually just like we got some good feedback from guys who um, pull spinners on like how they do it. And mm-hmm. uh, I asked them if it would be all right if we relay it to the crowd. And they said yes. So we'll do that. Um, compare our lakes a little bit to Lax. I'm going to ramble a whole bunch. Yeah. And this hopefully it's co- coherent. Yep. We, we chatted just a little bit on the phone about this. And I felt like either it's going to be a great segment or it'll fall flat. We'll just see. We're going to, it's going to be a high stakes game here. Yep. We'll do a Groundhog Day uh, week in preview and then we'll get out of here. Sounds like a good episode. Yep. I'm going to spend a fair amount of time next week laying on a port dock getting nice and bronzed up. <laughs> Fourth of July week. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go on another pontoon ride? <laughs> that would be a premier pontoon provided by the Muskie House Marine. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Listener questions. Now we did have we did get a whole bunch of them, but we decided that we're going to try and spread them out. Yep. Over a couple. Episodes. Nothing else to bail us out. You know, it can be hard for us to come up with topics every week, and the right. listener questions help quite a bit. So we're gonna we'll cover a few. I don't know. I, I want to say something before we get kind of going in the questions here. Okay. Big. Big, I don't even know if he listens to this, but a previous guest of ours. I know. Won a giant tournament mm-hmm. on Pekegama over the weekend. Yep. Crushed it. Yep. Um, congratulations, Dylan Mackey and Joe Bricko. Um, he earned it. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like fishing was pretty good up out there, and that tournament, it, I mean, it ebbs and flows. There's been years where just there are very few fish caught. Fishing was pretty good, so there were like quite a few good bags, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the local guys did pretty good. 
um, in the top 10. Tons of big fish. Yeah, and that's like one of the, if you're like into tournament fishing, if you want a little glimpse at like a pretty good tournament mind, we've got an episode with Dylan Mackey um, from a couple last, years ago. Yeah. One of the first episodes of last, last season. season. Yeah, yep. but it was in like February or something. Mm-hmm. We went up there and um, talked tournament fishing with him. And I thought, yeah, I thought that was a great one. He, besides being a, um, a good tournament fisherman, he was a great guest. Like he's a well-spoken guy. And, Super funny. Um, as well, real well, well, he thinks, you know, he, he has a lot of thought behind their program. Mm-hmm. So congrats, man. Super sweet. Infectious laugh too. Yeah. It's easy to listen to. <laughs> All right. Uh, first listener question comes via Ken Miller about, from a guy named Austin from Missouri. I don't know. I don't know you, Austin. Hi. Thanks for listening. He also doesn't know how to spell Missouri oh, or the abbreviations let's for just, Missouri. Let's skip over that. Uh, Austin just wanted us to highlight a couple pieces of equipment or gear or stuff we've got in the boat that is sort of we think is essential or valuable to our overall trip, whether it be like fish catching stuff or just like comfort stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll do we'll do a few a piece. For me, like. Seems like every day I'm purchasing salted nut rolls. Um, Pearson's salted nut rolls. They are very delicious and they're perfect for the boat because they don't really melt. They just kind of, uh, well, they're just, they're a perfect snack for the boat. Um, Another thing that I have, like for my sunglasses, I wear Maui Gems. They're uh, very comfortable. They've got good... um, They've got good lenses in them. They're really good for the fresh water. Uh, Dan is actually gifting me <laughs> two entire boxes of Pearson salted nut rolls. Uh, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Didn't know for it was sure. my My wife for my Father's birthday. Day uh, got me a bunch of salted nut rolls. She Are those was, all such salted nut yeah, rolls? Yeah, there were four boxes of salted nut rolls in the, in the pantry. So she bought me a box of... Um, Let's see, they're cinnamon churro salted nut roll. I've never even seen these before. And then the regular ones. Um, she Dance. bought me a box of each, and then she forgot that she purchased them and then purchased them again. So Score! Yep. And they're not going to go bad. No. We're for sure going to eat all of them. I and you like sure. the cinnamon churro ones. Yeah, they're delicious. They're perfect for the boat. What about you, Dan? What do you got going all right. on? So, like... I think footwear is like the hardest thing to figure out when through the seasons because like comfort is like comfortable footwear is more important than you might realize if you're in a boat, right? Like, you know, if you were going to be, I don't know, I I just think that's super important. And, you know, in the, in the spring and the fall, you got to worry about keeping them warm and dry. Mm -hmm. And then midsummer, you have to worry about, well, comfort and then like, what do you do with rain, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't want to wear my waterproof boots in July if it's raining. Right. So, footwear for me, I wear big, big rubbers. And when it's, like, cold season, mm-hmm. my, like, ice fishing boots. And then uh, I'll wear some, like, hikers when it's a little warmer. And then midsummer, I go between wearing a pair of Hey Dudes, which are, like, boat shoes that all the cool kids in high school wear. Nice. I stole, I stole that idea from the McCollum kids. They're the coolest <laughs> kids. I'm aware of. Uh, I wear those. And then, uh, and Chacos. I wear Chacos. If it's going to rain, I wear my Chacos because, like, I want my body dry, but I'm all right with wet feet. As long as you're not wearing socks? Yeah, I'd rather have wet 
feet in sandals than wearing kind shoes. of soaking wet tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound fun no. at all. So, and then uh, as soon as you become a dad, you can wear socks with those sandals. So, like even into August when you get some chilly mornings, pull on a pair of wool socks and put them on the you know on with the shackles. Such then, a G. Then it warms up at like eleven o'clock. You can switch switch it to take those off and you're wearing sandals, which is perfect. Man. You've got it all figured out. Footwear is pretty important. When it rains, I go Crocs, no socks. Crocs, no socks? Yeah. yeah. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think figuring out good good footwear is important. Holmgren one time, what did he wear? Oh, we were just, it was the MWC in September mm-hmm. on Leech, and he was wearing, uh, we were just getting our butts kicked out there because mm-hmm. it was windy. Rough, rough. 65 yep. and rough. And, uh. That's, like, one other factor, right? Like, if you're going to have to deal with stability issues, then you maybe do want to go with, like, boots or something, right? Yep. And he was wearing, uh, like, boat shoes, Keens or something, and his feet were just, he was just dying at the end of the <laughs> weekend. He's trying to stay balanced in these little slippers the whole time. <laughs> so We made fun of him a whole bunch that weekend. Yeah, he had poor, tra- <laughs> poor traces of footwear all weekend. Um and then uh, he specifically asked about, like, sunscreen, and I'm big in it. Actually, if you look at most of the guides I follow now, like, most of us are trying to, for, for like, sun care stuff, we're, like, covering our bodies instead of... I'm not of, doing that. Well, you should. I've been just lathering in sunscreen. Well, you can do that for sure. I just find it's easier, like, especially with, like, the nice long sleeve, um, what is that material that, I don't know. There's, it's... A sun shirt. I yeah. Don't know. Um, I wear those just about every day, and then you don't have to worry about cover. You know, and I've noticed you've been wearing a lot more of those floppy hats, you know, those big ones that you no, wear at horse, this is a lie. For horse races. This is a lie. And it's really weird seeing you go across the lake with those, you know, got feathers on the top and everything. <laughs> but I mean, you look good. Thank you. You look really Thank good. You. It just gives the illusion that I'm like a little bit taller. <laughs> Which is good. I want people to recognize me. And so far, apparently, the way to recognize me is if you can't see the guide behind the outboard, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably Dan. <laughs> uh, and then I do sunscreen in the morning. I don't do the spray sunscreen. I think it's fine, except, like, customers bring spray su- sunscreen in the boat, and I don't worry about it except with my graphs. So good thing for you, and if you end up being in somebody else's boat, like, you should put that out on, like, Along as far away from a graph as you can, really, because it can. I've heard eat, eat it can the eat glass. the screen. Yep. Mm. So just one thing to be aware of. Um, and then if you do that, depending on your attitude about it, like I try to have some sort of system in place to get the sunscreen off of my, like the palms of my hands, because I'm going to be handling bait all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't matter, but I think it might. It for sure matters. So. Um, either a towel or something, and then what I usually end up doing is crushing up a dead minnow and using that as like so I like cover help. scent. Yeah, I don't nice. know if it works or not, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. And then if anybody were to bring up like, hey, you just put sunscreen on, we're not gonna catch anything. I'm like, yeah, but I just wash my hands with a dead golden shiner. We're good. Yeah, got flakes all over. Mm-hmm. I like it. Those are a couple. The boat snacks thing is important. And More then, important than you think. Yeah, and I was fishing with a guy just yesterday. He's like, drinking water is the key to a long life, and that's of course important in a boat as well. Also, you like don't realize it in the boat. You realize it when you get home at night. 
and you feel absolutely terrible. Yep. And you realize the last time you peed was 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> that is not a good sign. Yeah. But when it was hot and those hot and calm days, uh, I, I had a morning half day and an evening half day. And I know I drank like a bottle of water or two in the morning. But I got out there that evening and I was still hot, you know. And I drank like four bottles of water and it's like I couldn't quench my thirst. Yeah. It was crazy. It's a bad sign. Yeah. Surprisingly, one of the people who's best about that is our favorite doc guy in the world, Carl at Pikedale Lodge. Crushing waters. Drinks so much water and he like encourages everybody around him to be drinking lots and lots of water. Hmm. Which. Thanks for caring, Carl. For sure. Doesn't at all line up with the rest of his behavior. <laughs> right, right. But does a real good job. 16 Red Bulls a day and <laughs> three pots yep. of coffee. And, but he drinks a lot of water. And that's probably why he feels so good. He's got so much energy. It's not the Red Bull. Metabolizing all that, the water self and metabolize yep. all that stuff. Yep. Imagine if he just quit that cold turkey. Oh. Would he, how long would he, have, would he sleep to get all that caffeine out of his body? <laughs> Um, all right, so we talked about spinners a lot last episode, too, and we asked for some questions because we feel like we're it's becoming a bigger part of our, our program, but we're by no means experts in it, and uh, got some good feedback from Kevin Skalicki of Secret Lake Tackle. God bless I him. I mean, if you're asking for an expert, you got to sort of take him seriously, right? Talk to the man who ties him himself. Yep. And so, I like, most people were responding to the question I had about, like, when you shorten your lead up. Yep. And both people who responded to that um, referenced if you're putting a, if you're utilizing a float, if you're trying to, to put a float in your spinner, um, that they would shorten up their lead in order to do that. Um, Kevin said he would never go shorter than four feet. So he still is running a pretty long lead. Right. Um, but he, he'd shorten them up to run a float. And then, uh, another guy, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I couldn't find your message. I can't remember your name. Um, another guy had some real good feedback and he said that he'll go down to just a couple feet again when he's using a float. Um, and it made me think that maybe we should, we should be running floats more because like what we, what were we complaining about last week? Grass. Yeah. Yeah. Scuzz on the bottom. Yep. And maybe that's the way to. To help alleviate that problem. I feel like with most of the scuzz problems, like you can help alleviate it, but you can't get rid of it. Right. Like, I well, was, I think some of that stuff is pretty doggone tall. Sure. Like it, you think about like if the wind's blowing or something, it's probably going to lay flat, but when it's not very choppy, it's going to float up and it's going to move, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. I'd believe that. Cause it like a floating jig head. I've had a floating jig head on a six foot lead creeping around not moving very fast at all um still get the scuzz on it it's just it's that or usually well i was fishing them with leeches you know leeches might have enough pull to sort of do what they want with that jig head sometimes if you're moving slowly i don't know i don't either um and then about reading like kevin had a comment about what's a spinner fish and what's a, what's not and for him, he looks for fish to be at least a foot off of the bottom in order to consider them a spinner fish. And that makes sense. I, I agree with that, that that fish is probably interested in a spinner. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I, it's more about how do I get these baits in front of like a lot of fish without 
Like, so if the fish are a foot or two off bottom, but they're holding tight on, like, an inside turn or something, and, like, I... A small space. Small space, I... Can't pull a spinner on that. Yeah. And maybe you could if you're fishing by yourself and you can do little, like, 30-yard pulls and and spin around all the time, but when we've got four lines trying to lay out, I generally look for fish that are spread out. Yep, big break line, big flat. Yep. yep. And, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. You could cover it. Okay. You sure? No, I have no idea. <laughs> but it was easy to listen to, and I liked it a okay. lot. Uh, and one last question. Um, Tom Potarica? I don't know how to say your last name, Tom. Um, he brought up Malax and all the goofy stuff that goes around goes on, mm-hmm. on Malax right now with the regs and not being able to keep fish and keeping very small window of slot fish. Um, and he was just wondering, like, is that going to happen on Longville Lakes? Would we like to see it happen on Longville Lakes? Should that happen on Leech Lake? I don't, I don't think so. And a big, a big re- reason it's happening on Malax is they've got a tribal dispute with the treaty. Um, but we don't, from best of my knowledge, that's not that, that, that type of agreement had never happened up here. Um, so, but the native community can net up here for sure, for sure they can. And for whatever reason, th- like that, you will occasionally see a net, mm-hmm. but not very many. Yeah, largely no. And I think that's more like about that community and what that community chooses to do with their resources. I I don't know a whole lot about that, but I think you they could be netting more for sure. And they choose not to, or there's not a lot of interest. I don't know a lot about that, but go ahead. Um, But I I don't think it'll ever get to be like that, where it's one fish and closed season for a while. I don't think it'll happen around here, and I don't want that to happen. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the walleye limit go down to four, um, you know, one over 20. The Leech Lake slot, I think, is about a perfect slot. Um, It protects a lot of those big fish. And it gives, you know, room for anglers to, to keep the fish they want. Yeah. Um, and not, hopefully not damage the ecosystem. But it's not something I would like to see, and I don't think, I don't suspect it would happen anytime, anytime soon. Right. But, like, 10 years from now, I would certainly expect Leech Lake to look different than it looks currently. And yeah. th- that, and then there may be regulations that reflect the fact that the lake looks different than it does right now. Yep. You know, and uh, that would probably happen without our involvement in angling out there. I, you know, like, I think if we weren't around, lakes would change a fair amount. Just mm-hmm. the natural order of things, I think, um, the the natural world changes. But we are around. You have to consider that we do have an impact, like a significant impact. We're like clever creatures that are real good at building outboards and boats and electronics and stuff so certainly we have an impact and i think that will shape the way the lake looks i gotta just like think right now like we're in real good shape leech lake is in real good shape that being said i have had like three miserable trips (laughs) (laughs) but overall i think the the fishery is super healthy and we have a nice balance and i kind of want to give some credit to our fisheries guys to the fact that they moved to a more liberal limit 
maybe like perfect timing. We had all these big slot fish. Lots of 20 to 23 inches. And then they like are going to knock those down a little bit with the more liberal slot. And then seeing tons of 16, 17 inches this year. Right. And then, you know, maybe in a couple years they take a look at what the surveys are and like say like, hey, I think we need to give a break to our breeders again. And maybe the slot goes back on, and now we're sitting with a bunch of good f- picture fish and lots of keepers, and then five more years, and like, hey, we put the slot, you know, we yep. release it again. Um, I like the fact that I feel like these guys are proactive up here. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're trying to do things to stay ahead of the game instead of being reactionary all the time, which and is a hard thing to do because... One thing that I noticed this spring that we, we caught a ton of fish in that 27-plus inch range. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, uh, you know, maybe pe- people taking some of those out allows those fish to grow instead of always being in direct competition with the amount of fish that are, you know, the amount of fish that were in there with about the same size. Yep. One thing I've been, like, thinking about a fair amount is I, like, really don't like to butcher a fish over 24 inches. Like, it makes no. me feel bad. Yep. Cringe. But everything I hear about it is that the best breeders are smaller than that in fact they're like in the acceptable butcher limit i put on my own boat right like the Mm -hmm. 21 and 22 inchers are like put them in we're we're, i keep quite a few of those on leech in the spring in the fall um but are those if those are the ones that are like the best producers and that's what we're trying to do right is like keep the lake keep the natural reproduction going mm-hmm. like you know, should we be like pardoning the 21 incher and cutting up a couple 24 inchers i don't like the idea of it i don't it's, either it's sort of like hardwired in my brain to let those big fish go um but if that's like what you're trying to accomplish then i don't know um maybe that's something I'd leave it up to the individual to make that decision. But on the same, like, the 24 pluses are picture takers, like, memory makers. For sure. And that has its own value to to our angling community. Like, food is important, right? People like to have a fish fry, but you can, I think it was you or, actually, I think it was uh, Big Steve said, you can always go buy a burger, right? For sure. The the value that a 26 or 25 or 24 has for the next angler that runs into that fish, I think is far more important than a couple big fillets on a the fish cleaning fish. table. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you think about the fact that uh, lots of young anglers get to catch those fish. Yep. Right? And that might like get them, might be the best moment of their whole summer, catching a 24-incher. Which, right. if you're an avid leech lake angler, it's not a real big walleye out there. But for the large portion of people that we fish with, it's a big fish, super big fish, mm-hmm. and they tug real good. Yep. They're going to have a real good time catching that thing, and they're certainly not going to catch it if it's in the Pikedale Fish Cleaning Shack. Yep. Which is the nicest fish cleaning shack? Uh, pretty well out there, dude. I think I'm. I don't know why I'm thinking about the afterlife so much, but the Pikedale Fish Cleaning Shack is for sure part of my heaven. I will. <laughs> I will be in there. Sometimes I just, I love it in there. I'm like, man, this is like where I want I love be. filling buckets in there. Yep. And it also doesn't smell bad. Right. One thing they fixed, which I don't really like, it's all right, Tori. I forgive you. But that overhead fan used to go tink, 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 
think. And they balanced it out or something, and now it's quiet. And it was like just a, like I, I just had like some quiet time to myself, cleaning fish with this nice little tink, tink, tink happening. <laughs> and now they fixed it. And it's, <laughs> I'll hit it with my net next time I'm in there. That'd be good. Yep. Because then it's, it's, now it's like too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alone with my thoughts. <laughs> Leave the synchron. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break. And uh, we'll get to the next thingamajig. Walleye Talk is brought to you in part by Full Stringer Bait and Tackle in Longville, Minnesota. Coming up on the 4th of July, there's usually some real good deals going on at Full Stringer on rod and reel combos, tackle, all sorts of stuff. So if you're looking for a deal while you're walking through Longville, maybe enjoying the 4th of July parade, swing in to Full Stringer Bait and Tackle and see if you can't save some money. Just ramble, dude. Just... Weird fishing thoughts with Will Noor. Welcome. This is uh, this is a little awkward for me, but I mean, we'll we're gonna just fight through it, I guess. <laughs> um, so I called you the other night because we've been oh noticing what's that? We haven't even done a week in review. Oh, let's do it right now. Okay, because it sort of relates to this. Yeah, um, I had a better week this week than I did last week. Um, actually caught most of my fish pulling linear eggs and night crawlers this week. Um, had some panfish trips that went well. I got my boat onto Pine Lake, which was crazy, but I did it (laughs) and it was really fun and I'm very happy I did it. Um, beat up on some panfish, put a whooping on some largies. Nice. I'm not a very good largie fisherman, but it was really easy and it was really fun. Um, caught some nice ones. And then, um... Yeah, it was a pretty good week. Caught a few on chicken wraps. Um, yeah, things are looking up. Gotcha. How about I, you, Dan? I had a pretty tough week um, with my walleye trips especially. Um, I was up on Leech a couple times and just just struggling up there. Trying, you know, doing everything I can to, like, improve upon things. So, like, I'm, I'm out early every trip looking for as much as I can look at. I, I have real thoughtful plans going into the day about ways we can cover water um, and how we're going to, like, do as many presentations over the fish we do find as quickly as possible. I feel like I'm executing that pretty well, and just it's not working out for me. So that's been, that's been tough. I was, like, in real dire need of a good one. And then last night just like got away from anything I had been doing on any body of water I had been doing bought a bunch of real nice big minnows went to a lake I hadn't fished at all this year and caught a pile of them and they were nice ones and um, just tell them the spread tell them the spread oh uh, we caught 13 smallest was 19 and a half biggest was 26 and a half in, awesome. in three and a half hours of fishing in the evening and it was much needed for my psyche so feeling like things are spinning up, but yeah, it's been, it's just like, it's always tough for us on the east side this time of year and yep. we're working on it. I did, I took my, I took my day off and put more hours on my outboard than I'd care to on a day off and just drove and drove and drove and drove and, uh, didn't learn a whole lot from it, but, but you might've learned something really important for September. Yes. Yep. But that's a story for a different day. Right. So I was driving home from Leech Lake, and you called me, and you're just sort of talking crazy, 
and I like really liked the the strain of crazy you were going on. So that's what I want people to hear. Okay. So on a few of our lakes, three of our lakes specifically, we have been finding fish for the last like two years. This has been like this, where we find a ton of fish on the tops of these humps that have a little bit of grass on the top. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if you thought that they were stocked, if they were stocked. And my, my, I would, I would default to yes. And I would agree. I would think that those are stocked fish that just, that just sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's where they're comfortable. Um, you know, pretty close to deep water, maybe a little bit cooler, but in, in weeds, right? They grew up in weeds the first year of their life. That's where they're comfortable. That's where they want to be. Um, and I've noticed that we don't really have an evening push of fish moving up on top of these humps that I'm accustomed to that I, that I kind of learned about, you know, uh, maybe it's the time of year, but my idea is that with so many stocked fish up there staying put, why would these big natural run fish want to come up there if there's already a whole, if there's already a million on top? Sure. Like you go over with side image and there's like, there's a million here. Yeah. And regardless of if they're stocked or not fish, there's definitely like lots of little fish sitting on the top and we're used to, like in years past we've had maybe not so many little fish on top, but you get a big shift of like nicer fish moving up for like the prime time feeding hour. Right. And that's what we're missing. Yeah. Who knows if they're natural or stocked? Like that's just a big guess. That's just how I I logic it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Because that's a behavioral pattern that I think is... Pro- that has probably always been. Um, but anyway, anyway um, there's definitely a big difference between um, those fish and the fish that come out from the deep water. And I think that has been, like, and those fish are super nice to have on top because when they bite, they bite. And it seems like you can get quite a few of them and you can have a banger day. But the consistency isn't there that, maybe we're used to right where even on the slower times you can still all right here's old faithful that we're going to get a couple bites here right right at the end right doesn't it hasn't happened this year and Mm -hmm. it was kind of not very good last year and i wonder if it's because those stock there's so many stock fish on the top could be and and at least for one of them there's just a lot of life up there so Mm -hmm. there's certainly walleyes up there there's certainly smallmouth up there and there's lots and lots of perch up there too so like there's a, a lot of life concentrated on those tops and they're they're like coexisting up there for like most of the day yeah which is a weird thing as well that they're all sort of like hanging out intermingled up there when there's certainly some predator prey relationships going on between the fish that are up there and they seem to be coexisting in in a like pretty small area yeah. cooperating in a in a confined space right it's like they all have a like a ceasefire going on during the midday hours like yeah. okay, all right we're just all chilling here right you're not gonna try to eat me cool we'll just chill for a while yeah i'm cool with you right if something wants to come eat me he's gonna eat you first <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know i, I there's a, definitely a behavioral change from this year to years prior. Um, and I'm just curious if, 
if what it is. You mm-hmm. know? The only like one thing I brought up that <clears throat> we're also doing more of that earlier in the year than usual. So like the this the same type of habitat, these same lakes, we fish them a lot mid July and August, and I think they're. I'm hoping that this a, a shift towards bigger fish doing their like evening. Mm-hmm. Um, bite might may happen just it's just a time of year thing i don't i don't know if that's true or not but yeah you know like the august is like august is like an undervalued month like it can be a pain i'm actually in the butt. i can't wait yeah. for that it can be a pain in the butt but you also get like some really fantastic um multi-species bites where you're catching you know you're chasing walleyes and you're catching big smallmouth you catch big pike big pike same, same stuff um and in general the I would say the we catch more nice, high nice quality fish, fish. Um, in August than we do this time of year. Yeah, and it's it's pretty. Your bait bill is pretty easy, you know, unless you've got six dozen creek chubs. But middle thing, yep. But otherwise, it's three dozen nightcrawlers and a dozen leeches. Yeah, and I can even keep those alive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun month, um, and you. Yeah, we've got some really good lakes around here to, to do that. Um, yep. But anyway, it's just Will thoughts. And I was, so part of the thing that I was going to call, I tried calling you the other day, and I was like, well, I'm not going to bother him. But uh, I wonder if, so like uh, my whole youth and my whole beginning of my career was based on fish moving up. And a lot of that was largely on leech. And I didn't find any of that this year. And I didn't find, like, my, like, I'll just say this, but my grassy bite wasn't there in its typical fashion. You're um, talking about, like, sun hits the treetops. It's go time. There's been nothing here for the last, like, nothing may- but bait. maybe 23 hours. Mm-hmm. And but there's going to be a bunch of them here for the next hour. Right. Like we'll fill the box in the next hour. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just cause I wasn't up there enough for the time of year because we had an early spring something, but all of my bites up there didn't happen. Like where they just start going nuts. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder why. And I wonder if maybe it's just the thing that maybe it was too warm or something. Maybe I missed it, but I wonder if it's something that's just going to kind of eventually go away. Hmm. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Why would it go away? I don't know. Uh, food, probably a food change, right? So for the most part, people didn't have a very good spring catching them on minnows that you, I mean, right away in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they weren't eating minnows. Right. That could be, you know, but um, I, I didn't see any sort of life where I usually do in those kind of situations. And they didn't push as shallow as they usually do. And sure. This and that. So I don't, they're just changing. And that's the beauty of fishing is it's not clear cut and defined. You've got to go hunting for them. Right. Yep. And, you know, both, I, I'm feeling like I'm actively trying to combat the idea of me eventually being a growly old fishing guide who complains about, you know, there not being as many fish in the lake and 
it's probably not that there's as many fish in the lake. It's probably that their their patterns and behaviors have changed, and you better hope to be changing right along with them as your career goes by. Otherwise, yeah, you're, you're between now. If we do the same thing this month of June in 30 years, we probably won't catch that many fish. Probably not. We probably need to do a few things different. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, yeah. I like, I like both. The, I like this type of thinking because you're, you're never going to have an answer. You're never going to know for sure. But right. it's, like, fun to think about, and the, like, mental exercise, I think, makes you a better angler to, to think about um, why was this year different than last year, what could be leading to it, how can I adapt to it. And I should say that, I should point out that you had a pretty darn good spring up there. Oh, yeah. You were just doing things a little bit different. I was just, it was deeper. I yeah. was out in 14, 12, 14 foot. Right. And usually I'm in 7 foot, right. 4 or 5 foot. Right. I guess a, I did ha- catch a few in, like, two foot again. Sure. But that's a perfect example, right? Like, if you just go and do what you did last year over and over again, there's no freaking walleyes in Portage <laughs> Bay anymore. You sound like my dad. Well, they're just... <laughs> there's like, no fish in the bay anymore. They're, like, seven feet deeper, which yeah. is not that far from your freaking boat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it isn't, but, it, uh, yeah. And, you know, one thing we had this spring was a bunch of east winds. So where did I end up? Where the wind was blowing. Right. So it was no big deal. <laughs> no, I did catch fish. It just, you know, just some of those things that you, you kind of miss them and you wanted to. Sure. Like the nostalgia part Hey, of let's it, go like, check out Old Faithful. Right, right. And Old Faithful wasn't very good. Yeah. So. But Old Faithful will be good. Maybe two years from time. now. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Let's take a break and we'll get on with it. This week's episode is brought to you by the One Stop in Longville. This is 4th of July week, and it's going to be a hot one. So make sure you stock up on ice, stock up on suntan lotion, and what's that stuff called? Aloe vera. Make sure you stock up on all that stuff, s'more stuff, anything you can do to keep yourself outside, enjoying the outdoors. Um, One stop's got it. So stop on in, stock up today. And we're back. How deep. We're doing a Groundhog Day. This one is going to just stay, like, nice and realistic for you. But I think it'll be valuable for people to, he- to hear. And you, I don't think you've spent a lot of time in the region I'm going to ask you to, to be in. But I think you know enough from, like, the people you talk to. So, you're on Pool 5. Are you jokes? Sh- jokes. I'm jokes. gonna kill you. Not, not pool fire. <laughs> You've got a group of customers, and they're staying in the Brainerd Lakes area. Mm-hmm. They'd like to stay around the Brainerd Lakes area. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna go north of Niswa. Okay. So like, Whitefish chains available. Yeah, but they're w- they're willing to to move a little bit. Okay. And uh, they just want to have they want want you to take your best shot at catching a handful of walleyes down there. In the month of July, like mid-July. Um, okay. And they're, you know, like, you know, these are the type of customers, they, they, they know you're asking you to get out of your comfort zone. So you don't have to feel the, like, like just overwhelming pressure of, like, catch some walleyes. But it gets <laughs> to be, like, fun, get a day out of your normal zone. How are you going to go down there? What, which lake do you think you'll fish? And how are you going to try to catch, you know, five, six walleyes down there? Okay, and 
what is the goal then? Like, I have to have a, it's a Groundhog Day. So if I don't accomplish the mission. Okay. So your customers, um, uh, let's see. You got to catch five walleyes. Um, and they, you can't, they, none of them, uh, not, I don't want to do that. Um, they can't all be 12 inches. Okay. I got to, you got to make sure you catch some keepers. Yeah. Catch a couple keepers, maybe a fish picture. Okay. That's it. So I'm going to go to Pelican Lake. Hmm? Um, I needed to make sure it was in the, I had to check on my phone. That's why I had to. I uh, gotcha. So I thought you were Snapchatting me. No, Pelican Lake, um, is where I'm going to go. And the only reason I know that there's, well, Dick Sternberg, when I, I fished with him quite a bit, quite a few times. Yep. And he always had great things to say about Pelican Lake. And what he liked about it was those fish, the fish that he caught, I mean, they were, they ate crawlers pretty easy and they were really easy to graph. So Pelican Lake is full of, it's a lot of rock. Um, so, you know, I'd drive around and see if I could see some fish up above bottom on those, on the rock. And I would largely, you know, have night crawlers, maybe a big minnow and then jigger naps. Um, the three things I would do. And I think I'd just drive around and hopefully see some fish. And then of course, if that doesn't work, I'll try and find a weed bed. Um, but I would think I would focus in that 18 to 26 for fish that I can see, and if it gets a little bit too late in the day, or if it's, you know, not looking like it's going very well, we're gonna slide in and catch anything with fins, and hopefully there's a walleye in there. Sure. It'll probably take me a solid week to have a good program out there, of fishing it hard every day, um, but I think it's that's about as good an option as I can come up with. Sure. For down there, so, um, I think the crawlers, crawlers and big minnows will probably be the key. Um, and finding enough fish, it's just going to be driving around. Right. But yeah, Pelican Lake, that's where I think I'd go. I like that choice. Never fished Pelican. I fished like a few of the Brainerd Lakes. Yeah, um, you went down to Cross Lake, didn't you? I fished cross, the Cross Lake area, the Whitefish Chain, Gull a couple times, and uh, it wasn't, I, I didn't like, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to work out of there all, all the time. But there is a lot of, there are a lot of lakes around there. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we think we've, I mean, we've got it pretty good, but there's, like, lots of water around there. And most of them have walleyes in them. Mm-hmm. So I think that guide life would probably be pretty fun, too. You know, like, you're, you're dealing with, like, more traffic and stuff and, um, like, boat traffic and, like, truck traffic. Even the walker guides. Kudos to dealing with stoplights when you're pulling a boat all the time. Dude, you and I never have to deal with stoplights. No. Our biggest concern is maybe we'll hit a deer or a bear on our way to to work. Yeah. Yep. But they do get, they get lots of water to fish down there. And um, that's sort of fun because you can chase bites all over the place. Yeah. New scenery every day. Um, Which would be fun. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, there's worse place to live. For sure. Yep. People love it there. There's, yeah, and there's lots of them, lots of people. Uh huh. And they got a Taco Bell. You got it made. That's pretty nice. I once pulled my buddy through a McDonald's drive-through, sitting in the seat of my boat. So like, I placed my order, pulled forward twenty-five feet. He placed his order, <laughs> pulled.
pulled forward. I took my order, pulled forward. He got his order. <laughs> Brilliant idea. That was back in the... That was the, the Bass Tracker days. Ooh. The first one. Ooh. A long time ago. Um, what's up this week? Uh, gonna be a little bit slower on the clientele. I'm still gonna do some trips. Um, I've got some availability uh, around the 4th, so if you're interested, give me a call. Or, uh, send me an email, longvilleguide.com. Um. Longvilleguide at gmail? No, just go go to the website. Go to the Google machine, longvilleguide.com or whatever, and I'll, I'll show up eventually, I guess. Um, but I'm gonna be... Trying to avoid the the busy, busy traffic. And, uh, you know, I think we'll probably just try and do fish catching trips. I do got one trip on leech that I'm going to go, you know, while I die. So we'll see what happens. You're pretty good at every once in a while just pulling something crazy out of your ass. Yeah. Yep. I'm very fortunate that way. Um, I'm taking a couple days off. Probably going to do a little bit of fishing but not around here necessarily. Um, I'm going to spend some time with the kiddo. Did get to catch a walleye with my boy last week. Nice. It was fun. And uh, caught it on um, 3.8 ounce jig and a big fork tail. Nice. Rip jigging it on uh, an offshore. Huh? Vertical? No. Casting and ripping it. Fishing it like a jig wrap. Fun. Yeah. It was fun. He's nice. pretty pumped. He likes the way that if you push your hand from the head to the tail on the fish, it's smooth. But if you push your hand from the tail to the head, it's rough. <laughs> he likes that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also likes boat snacks. Oh, good. Boat snacks are important. Goldfish. Goldfish. Um, yeah, lots of snacks. So some family time, a little bit of fishing um, next week. You and I get to go fishing with a guy named Parker Davis. He the might best. be the luckiest guy in the world. Well, I think we're lucky. We're lucky to have a guy like him running the social media for Walleye Talk. And we're getting, it's a big responsibility. We're getting so big, we're getting hacked by Russians <laughs> like crazy. He's got, a, he's got a, lot of, a lot of work to do. I'm pretty excited for that one. So I get to fish with you, which mm-hmm. is great. I get to fish with Parker, who's just a hammer. And he likes to just like do new stuff, so we're we'll come up with a fun plan. I hope we land on a good day and a good bite. But either way, I think it'll be a good time, and we'll talk a lot about that one. We talked about maybe doing the podcast when we were. We'll see what the weather's like, and it's got to be calm enough. Yep. Um, you all, if you listen frequently, know we struggle with listening quality when we do stuff besides like <laughs> on my porch or on Will's porch. So, um, if you're up fishing. Um, do you have any advice for people up fishing? Um, it's going to be tough during the middle of the day. Um, you know, pick, pick your times cause it's going to be largely dominated by people out and enjoying themselves. Yeah. Um, which you, you, no sense getting mad about it. Maybe put the boat on the trailer, go to a little lake and go bassing or something during sure. those times. But, um, yeah, it's just, don't get too hung up on the numbers. Try and learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I always think like, I'm sure we said it last year. These are great. These are great boat driving hours. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not like actively getting better as a walleye angler, right? Like they don't care 
where you're putting, right? The yeah. people who are on the boat for just a little cruise. Yeah. Like, why not be looking at inside turns and points? Right. They don't care. Yeah, go check out a big mud flat. See if yeah. there's a fish there. Right. And uh, maybe work on your imaging a little bit. Yeah. See if you can pull out the difference between a hard bottom and soft bottom. Maybe you can mark some fish on your side imaging on the soft bottom. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's um, a bunch of bait for some reason on a little knob, a hard bottom in the middle of the soft bottom. What else that's, is there if there's a big pile of bait? That's all great stuff. And right. you can do that at noon on the 4th of July with sure. a happy family. And you might even have a cold beverage in your hand. Right. That's not a bad way to spend the 4th of July. That's solid multitasking. Mm-hmm. And they might not be, there might not be fish there July 5th or August 5th, but there might be fish there September 5th. Mm-hmm. So, it's all valuable All information, information is good information. Mm-hmm. Be nice to each other out there. Um, enjoy the wonderful... Help somebody when you can. Right. Got lots of freedoms, lots of fun stuff we get to do in this country, and... Uh, this is the week we get to sort of salute that. So, we're still here. We're trying to decide what to do. I think we're saying goodbye. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. Happy Fourth.